Now say this like you believe. You say the word of God is coming forth. It is entering into my heart. It is teaching me the way of the Lord. It is setting me aright. I am learning how to pray. And my prayers are effective. In the name of Jesus Christ. All right, let's declare God's word again. Say in the name of Jesus. My words contain the power of God. They set my life aright. Say I speak the word of God alone. And my body is affected. I am being renewed day by day by the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, life is working in me. Death has no more power over me because life is working in me. Life is working in me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Life is working in me. Everything I put my hands to prospers. Because life is working in me. See, I'm not controlled by the circumstances. I live independent of circumstances. Because my life, see, my life is inside God because I am in Christ. Therefore, physical things do not have power over me. Say the economy of the nation does not have power over me. My economy is from heaven. My supplies are from heaven. Say, my healing is from heaven. My life is kept in Christ. Hidden in God. My life is hidden in God. Satan has no power over me. He doesn't have any dominion over me. I'm walking the, I'm walking the will of God for my life. I'm walking the path of righteousness. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's declare it again. Say, I am being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Say, therefore, I walk in the will of God all the time. Say, the will of God is natural to me. I walk in the will of God all the time. In the name of Jesus Christ. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, let's open our Bibles. Let's um, continue from what we wanted to do last time, but which we were not able to because the Holy Spirit led us differently. And I'm happy for what we discussed last time concerning the issue of how Christians are supposed to do their fasting, why it is necessary. Even though what I planned to do last time was slightly different, but I like the way it turned out because we were able to give uh, direction to many people that um, might be confused about some things. Let me just review for a minute some of the things I said. This is what the power of prayer is. We don't change the mind of God. God does not change his mind, really. What we do is to align ourselves with the mind of God. Did you hear what I said? We are the ones that are changing. God is not the one changing. He doesn't change. In fact, like what Miles Morrow said many years ago, I listened to some messages. He said, how do you spell progress? He said, progress is in returning back to God. That progress is not the ability to move. Progress is the ability to return and come back. That the problem is that people have moved away from God. And that is why they regressed. That if they want to progress, what they do is to discover God again. And that is how you spell progress. is returning back to God. You give a number of words that God likes the word re. You talk about redemption, alright? Um, revival, renewal. And then you know, restoration, you know, stuff like that. And they talked about returning. So he said, God does a real work. 
So progress is in returning to God. What we do with prayer is not to change the mind of God. God's will, that is his mind. You can't change it. God's will, that is his mind. You can never change it. What you can do is to align with it, or you may, because of um, your errors, be separated from it. It will not appear as if God wanted to punish some people, and then he changed his mind. The Bible says that God repented from the evil he had prepared against the people. Actually, the Bible says that God does not desire that anybody should perish. Are you getting my point? His will from time was that nobody should perish. So the time that the people wanted to start perishing, that was not his will. What they were not experiencing was his judgment, was his anger, was the wrath of God that was now about to manifest. So when they returned back to him, God just rearranged. No, God was always where he was. It was them that now rearranged and fitted into the original will, which was that nobody should perish. See what I'm saying? When it's as if God says, okay, to the house of Eli, I said to your household, your father's household, they will serve before me as priests. Now far be it from me. It wasn't as if God changed his mind. His mind was always there. But when the man moved away, when the family moved away from the honor of God, then what happened that they were now far away from the will of God. So now said, far be it from me. Now that is, I can't do it in your life. You are too far. He said, the hand of God is not shortened that it cannot deliver. He said, but our iniquity has separated us from the will of God. Are you getting my point? The will of God is clear. It's there. So what do we do with prayer? Is to get back to what God wants to do. Let me emphasize it again. The will of God is clear. The will of God is different from the plan of God. I'm about to start preaching what we preached last year, but we can't, we can't preach these things enough. We keep on saying until people are clear. The will of God is different from what? Some people are saying that, ha. Huh. But many of us, under, we've, we've explained it here so many times. The will of God is always, it doesn't change, but his plan changes. He has an ultimate plan, that one does not change. What I mean is this, his ultimate goal, that you and I be conformed to the image of Christ, that one does not change. But then how do we attain to that? That one changes all the time. Not because he changes his mind, it's just that he tries to adapt the plan to what we can handle. He says, go into the promised land. He said, let's not go by this way. Why? It's the shortest way, but when they see war, they will run back to Egypt. Can you see that? He made a plan, gave it to Moses, to accommodate their weak hearts. Then when they got to the edge of the promised land, enter now, they said, we are not able to enter. That's it. Another plan was rolled out. What's the plan now? 40 years in the wilderness. What is the purpose? Until all the men of war will have perished out of the camp. There was a time, God, you know, he said, let us make man in our image. He made a man. And he said, behold, he's very good. Then the day came and he said, this man is not good. One day, he said, he was very good. Next day, he said, he's not good. Why? Because good has to do with purpose. Before that, he could handle everything all by himself. But now, they had to go to a phase of multiplication, which God had decreed from the beginning. He said, this man can't do it by himself. So he said, it is not good that the man is alone. So he made the woman for the man. So he now said, the two of them shall become one flesh. Male and female, I have created you. Whatever I have joined together, nobody should put asunder. That's the plan of God. That was the closest. No, not that, that was not the plan of God. That was the will of God. So the plans are rolling out. 
You will get the wife. No, you will see the wife. You will go and meet the father. The father will release. And everybody will agree. The society will see you people. And then marriage has begun. And that will be like that forever. Then an enemy has done this. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? That was a witch that God sowed in there. Men, because of their loss, agreeing with Satan, began to sow tears. Next thing you know, a man will get up, pick one wife, pick a second one, say, I don't like this one again. Drive her away. After a while, polygamy became normal. Everybody thought it was like that from the beginning. It was never like that from the beginning. A man doesn't like his wife again, drives her away. And the Israelites were used to it. They had lived like that for a long time. They were so used to it. Then one day, they went to Moses. Thank you for all these laws, though. But what do we do when the woman is giving us headache? When she will not say, stay where you say she should stay, behind his heart, he said, and when I'm eyeing the next woman down the road, he won't say that one to Moses. He will put the blame on the woman. <laughs> the other side of the desire of his heart, he won't say it. God looked at all of them and said, Moses, if there will be no riot in the camp, this is a new plan. The will of God was always clear. Moses said, to, God told Moses to prevent fighting in the camp. Before these people, all because of women, run back to Egypt. Write them a new plan. What is the plan? If a man wants to divorce his wife, he shall give a certificate of divorce, and then he cannot take her back again. And this and that. I said, thank you. Hey, I mean, I mean, what, 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 did, you, what did you think, Eliab? Eliab, I was wondering. Shammah was telling me I couldn't divorce that woman. For what? Okay, Moses, all correct. You are the guy. We are loyal forever. They carried that for hundreds of years. Then Jesus came, who was the personification of the will of God. And he said to them, in the beginning, it was not so. Ah! They said, oh, you, mean, you mean we can't divorce our wives? Moses said we could. He said, he that made them, made them male and female. Then how come Moses said we could? He said it was because of the hardness of your heart. That's what I mean by the plan changes. The plan is adapted. All the things you see, some say the law of Moses is the law of God is a lie. The law of Moses is inferior to the law of God. Jesus said, You heard it said, an eye for an eye. Thou shalt love your friends and hate your enemies. He said, That is not God. He said, That is not of God. He said, I say to you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. So that one is the law of God. The, the law of Moses, it was, a, it was a stepping down of the will of God to, a low, you know, to the low level of carnal men who were finding it hard to work with God. I wanted to just accommodate them. In the beginning, it was not so. I want to digress a bit again. Some of these giddy, 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 you see churches preaching? If you don't tight, if you don't prosper, it's just a joke. <laughs> it was not so at the beginning. He died for all, the Bible says. That those who live will no longer live for themselves, but live for him that died and rose again on their behalf. If indeed they love God, they don't know how to apportion money for God. Now this is your portion, you take it. This is my portion, I spend it. No, no. They have a spirit of Christ in them. All of the things we hold on. It's, you know, these were the ways by which God said, listen, small, small boys, learn some generosity. God had to be telling them, if this food is remaining on the farm, leave it for those who don't have. 
<laughs> so I have to tell you that one. Your common sense couldn't tell you. Yes, because they were fallen men. Christians want to hold on to those things. We look at those laws of Moses, we decipher the spirit inside many of them. There's a spirit. And that is the spirit of the will of God. So that's why Jesus came and he said, your righteousness has to surpass that of the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were keeping the law to the letter. And they were keeping it beyond the letter. They wrote new letters for them. But sometimes Jesus will come and he will seem to break some laws. But he never broke the spirit of any law. For example, on the Sabbath day, the Pharisees will have written their own things. On the Sabbath, <laughs> I listened to Rabbi Zacharias and he reported what studies a rabbi did to show what was work on the Sabbath day. Because on the Sabbath day, you shall do no work. So they said, what is work? After all, if my handkerchief falls to the ground and I pick it up, that is work. They wrote all kinds of rules. In fact, the Jews, in fact, I was listening to, uh, was it Paulson? said that when you get down to Israel, they like to, they hire Gentile maids. Because as Jews, they can't kindle fire on the Sabbath day. So the Gentile <laughs> will kindle the fire, then we will eat the food. Can you see the foolishness? <laughs> see the foolishness? They hire people to press lift button. A man wants to climb a lift to press the button will be walking on the Sabbath day. See, they miss the spirit. So Jesus will come. On the Sabbath day, you see a woman that was bound. And Jesus said, the Sabbath day was for freedom. Losing the woman on the Sabbath day cannot be against the will of God. They said, no, no, if you want to get healed, come and get healed on the normal day. Ah, Jesus said, Sabbath is for healing. The reason why God gave Sabbath was so you could heal. The reason why God commanded Sabbath was after laboring for six days, your body will have time to heal. How can you not tell the people they cannot be healed on Sabbath day? They miss the spirit. That's what I mean when I say the plan of God changes. So God gives them a plan just so that he can express as much as is possible of his will towards mankind. So the plan seems to change when people either move away from God or they move closer back to him. When Jesus came close, in fact, in unity, he started doing things that were making them quarrel. On Sabbath day, he wasn't going around laboring the field, but he ministered the word of God and healed the sick. He understood the spirit. I hope you're getting my point. Back to what I'm trying to explain. What is the purpose of prayer? It is not just to get our needs met. It is to realign ourselves to the will of God. That is what it is. That is why every day we can't stop praying. Because the will of God I understand today will definitely not be as much as the one I will understand tomorrow. And that is why it is possible to confess sin all the time. When you talk about Christian confessing sin, I wish you, it's not about sin consciousness. But you're not confessing the same sin, no. Every day you are confessing the same sin, the same iniquity. That, one, that, is, that is ungodliness. The sin I'm talking about is that when you discover something new, like the other day I was preaching here, that if you are selling something, if you make an agreement, you can't change your mind. Many people, the fellow sitting here that day started scratching his head. He didn't know when he started scratching. That this is a new level of Christianity. You go back home and remember how you've been breaking agreements because it didn't favor you. Then you repent. 
That's how it is. I told you once, I had, I was just reading my, my Bible, and it says that, it said that you must not curse a deaf man. It's not as if God wants you to curse people who are hearing. <laughs> you get my point? But I was trying to make a point. Never take on due advantage of anybody's disability. And I was walking in a place where I had a man that was visually impaired. And people were making signals when they don't want him to see something. After that day, when I go and they make signals, I shout it out. When they do me like that, I say, eh, did you call me? <laughs> what did you say? No, don't do me like that. You want me to break the law of God? Are you getting my point? We just discover a spirit. We just discover a spirit. Sometimes you find out that you may think that because a man is not rich, alright, you don't realize that God puts respect for age ahead of respect for wealth. He forbids you from respecting a man because he's wealthy. But there are things he says you should respect. He says if you see an aged man, you rise up. You may have come in a society where you don't realize such things happen. There are, you know, let me give you an example. One of those days, my wife came home. This was long ago, shortly after I came to Enugu, about the first year or two of our marriage. Just talking about this confession and this, how we can confess sins. Sometimes we don't know. Like, that's why Elihu said, that which I see not, teach thou me. So that day she came, she was telling me that her, he, people were discussing the office, that somebody says he quarreled with his father. How do you quarrel with your father? You know that kind of thing. She was going on. So when she finished, I said, but you, you quarrel with your husband. <laughs> she looked like what? I said, it's the same iniquity. A young man quarrels with his father. A young wife quarrels with her husband. Both of them have no respect for authority. <laughs> not now, not now. That was, uh, like I told you, about uh, 15, 14 years ago, shortly after I came to Enugu. Now, sometimes we get to know some of these things. That's what they call confession. You get back home and say, no, I have to step up another level. That is what prayer does for us. Every day we keep on getting better. Listen, we are not getting God to change his mind. We are the ones changing. Like Miles Morrow said, we are returning. We are getting closer to what God wants us to be. You can't do that by strength. You can't do that by your own power. No, you can't. You can't, you can't. That's why, the, that's why he said grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. What we do, what do we do in the time of prayer? We are tapping into grace. We are tapping into what? Grace. grace. We tap into grace. What is grace? It's the power of God that comes into our lives so that by the power, that power working, God can do what he wants to do inside us. I was listening to a man of God teaching about evangelism that was over the last few days. And he said some things. I said, my God. He said people have the, uh, it was David Pawson. He said that people have the great commission. They don't have the great compulsion. <laughs> I like that, that the way he expressed it. What's the great commission? It's a commandment. Jesus said, go out and preach. He said, but what's the great compulsion? He said, there is an anointing of the Holy Spirit. I said, tarry in Jerusalem until you are indeed with power from on high. So that when the power feels inside you, they don't need to beg you to talk. The talk will be talking you. He said, two things make men talk. He said, everything has an outlet valve, uh, overflow outlet. He said, God has given us one. That's the one in front of your head like this, your mouth. He said, two things make the thing run. He said, both of them is called spirit. Now, I'm the one using the word spirit now. He said, either you have too much wine or you have too much Holy Spirit. <laughs> that if a man drinks, you don't need to be told. You have to be talking really. 
releasing all his secrets. I won't mention names. There was one radio station we used to do broadcasting on that time. I won't tell you whether it's in Enugu or outside Enugu. I won't tell you anything. So one day we were having a problem. So <laughs> that was when we stopped. So Yinka went and met our marketer there. But he saw him when the man was just coming back home in the evening. The man was filled with the spirit. The kind of spirit is a different matter now. <laughs> so he said, this is our problem. Yinka was talking to him. The man opened his mouth and started talking. That's when we realized that all the money we had been paying. Oh, Father in heaven. <laughs> the money had been going all kinds of directions. So what the, the man was just talking. Telling Yinka everything happening in the station. How they shared the last money. When MTM paid, where the money went. These were just collecting money and sharing. I said, ah, after that, I said, let's go. We are not doing business with this people. <laughs> Again. Why? Because he was filled with the spirit. The person said, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, they are going to check it in the book of Acts, in the upper room. They didn't go out. People came to them. <laughs> that they were so full. People said, what is going on there? They didn't go out to the street to go and preach. The streets came to them and said, what's going on? And then they declared the word of God. That's what they call grace. Grace is that which just makes obeying God's word automatic. If you don't obey, you'll be like, ah, why am I not obeying? Obedience will be pushing you. That is what is called grace. That same thing gets results of all kinds in your life. It gets the results of obedience to the word of God. What am I going to emphasize? We tap into grace with what? Prayer, through prayer. Grace and truth is multiplied to us. Are you getting my point? That's the way it works. When we are praying like this, we are tapping into grace. Listen, there's no economic problem that's going on out there that the Lord did not know far ahead. You know that. Sometimes he reveals them to some people. Other times he doesn't bother to say anything specific to anybody. But it just makes you, it causes you to take actions, sometimes without you knowing, that sets you in a proper place to be ready for the calamity to come. That is grace. Sometimes Christians emphasize so much. You have to hear what God is saying to you. Sometimes God speaks to you. Other times he doesn't speak to you. He just handles you. I don't know how to say it again. Is that word okay? He just handles you. Some people say, God said I should move from here to here. Sometimes God won't say, your friend will just say, come, let us go here. As soon as you go there, you will discover that it was good I left that place. Let me quickly drop this one for you. That's how you have been delivered all the time. Somebody hear the voice of the Spirit for deliverance. Don't worry about it. You will be delivered all the time. Say amen. amen. You will just walk away from a construction site that is about to collapse. And sometimes you won't even understand. Your stomach will just mm, ah, Guys, I get to use this thing. You run. Where's the White House here? You run. As soon as you, <laughs> you run away, just the bridge will just collapse. That's what you were standing on just now. What this Spirit have to say to you, my son, my son, that shall depart that bridge. The days are numbered. Many, many take off and sail on the bridge. It's happened to me before. I've told you the testimony. I woke up one day, and I just had this, my stomach just tightened as if it was paining me. So I got up and went to the toilet. By the time I came back, my ceiling fan had fallen on my pillow. Yes, I was lying down there sleeping. One day, I just said, get up. And how did I know? Because if you see, the Peter was, the angel smote him, King James is on his side. But when the angel smites you, you don't know what it feels like. I'm talking about what? Grace. 
I'm talking about what? Grace. We're talking about what? Grace. 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 That's what comes into our lives when we are realigned. When we are realigned. All right? Let's just, that's just a way of introduction. Let's continue from where we were last time. If you remember, we're reading the book of um, Matthew chapter 14. Now, what I want to explain, because we're talking about praying, when you have, people talk about the new year, that's um, two meetings ago in this school of prayer, we talked about how to handle preparation for a new season. I remember I emphasized that seasons don't change because dates change. All right? Just because somebody says it's January 1st, does not mean a new season in your life is starting. It doesn't mean that. Your seasons change when you have accomplished the purpose of the previous season. Let me say that again. Your season will change when you will have accomplished the purpose of the previous season. And my best example I use all the time is academics. You go to university, the way it is arranged, they will tell you this number of credit courses you are supposed to take, the right number of credit load you will carry, for your first year, your second year. You cannot say, I'm now in my third year, even though the calendar says you're in your third year, but university does not recognize you're in the third year except you've accumulated enough credits in the first year and the second year. And it's okay, now you have qualified. You have passed the core courses, the mandatory courses, and a few electives. You cannot take third year courses. That's how life is. All right? Nobody should go around telling, uh, uh, my season for change has come. How do you know? Until the change happens, you don't know whether it has come or not. What you just do is that ask your, in prayer, you ask the Lord, what am I supposed to learn in this season? There are people that say, uh, uh, I'm going to have to start, start my own business. There is a proverb from Western in Nigeria that I like to quote all the time. They say, the man that rejects a kind of suffering that is not big enough to reject is only signing up for a bigger one. If they say, um, sweep this place, say, no, I can't sweep. Say, so make sure you are big enough to say I can sweep. Because if you refuse to sweep when you are supposed to sweep, you will start clearing something else. Are you getting my point? Now, latrine, you go to begin to sweep after that. <laughs> That's what they mean. That before you say this one is smaller than me, make sure you are really big enough. That the man that's not big enough to say this is too small, if he does it, then he only signs up for more trouble. And I remember one story that um, our pastor told one day about her, his brother. He was, in a, he was working for one company in Abuja. And they promoted, then the boss, somebody retired or resigned, and he felt he was the next person in line. He now took somebody else from somewhere else and put above him in the office. He said, insult! He took a piece of paper and resigned. He said, I can't take this. A few years later, he was living in an uncompleted building. <laughs> using a wrapper to cover a window. Why? Because he said, no. I am bigger than this. Only God has the right to tell you what you are bigger than. <laughs> are you getting my point? I mean, don't just resign a job because you are angry. Let me just tell you, never resign the job <laughs> because you're angry. Before you resign the job, eh, there are a number of things. One, you have a better one. Two, you have serious plans that are working. Three, 
The Lord spoke to you. My son, that shall follow me. I'm serious. And you don't do it. Don't just wake up in the morning and say, I'm angry. The way that man talked to me, is it because of work? Yes, it's because of work. <laughs> you see people just, you know, and God will be looking at you. God will let hunger teach you a lesson. You know, I realize why the Lord invented hunger. It's to teach all these strong-headed men lesson. <laughs> what am I going to say? It's when we fulfill the requirements of God in one season that we move to the next and he moves us by himself. You know when God is moving you. You know when the Lord is moving you. He moves you by himself. Now the man gets angry. The wrath of man does not work the will of God. The Lord will move you by himself. You open a door, it will be clear. You have to step into this door. It will just be clear. Sometimes he gets you fired from one place to establish in another place. He does that. Some would just say, no, this is not the kind of car my mate is driving. No problem. Go and buy the type your mate is driving. There's no other. That's when you know that for your mate to drive that amount, they have some financial mozu that they're using to steer it. It's not by desire. Just wake up in the morning. This is not what my mate... Look, anyway, keep... anyway let's not go to the mate matter. The Lord is good. Put themselves in all kinds of distress. I've seen people say, this is not where my mates are living. Then you move from where your mates, from where you are living to where your mates are living. They now realize that your, <laughs> the landlord is not your mate. <laughs> if you can pay the landlord, I have no problem. Your mates are living there. But if you have started negotiating, Sir, please, then some things are happening. Something happened. I went home the other time, and then this all happened. First year, second year. Oh, boy. Just swallow your pride. Say, sir, I thought my mates were living here. <laughs> I realized that now my mates are not near here at all. In due season, I'll be back. <clears throat> Don't step into, your, into a season that's not, that you're not ready for. The other day I was talking with one man. Let me just gist a bit. <laughs> so when the master office were just chatting about some things, I know he was describing that maybe he goes to Abuja, you understand, where he stays. When you have much men are paying a night. Ha! You wonder why are you paying that amount of money? You know, stay in a, in, in a, in a suite in um, Hilton in Abuja, you know that kind of thing. And you hear serious pepper dropping. As you are hearing it, you understand why Judas said, why didn't we sell this? <laughs> ah, sir, you pay this amount of money? He said, no. Ah, why not? He said, I only pay 30%. Assuming that the room rate is like 250000 right a night. He said, I pay 30%. How do you manage it? Oh, he said, I own an apartment, and he mentioned one, I won't tell you, give you names, somewhere in the U.S., that anybody that owns an apartment there, you're automatically a member of this particular club. And anywhere you go in the world with that card, you get a 70% discount on the top hotels. You know, some young men are following, saying, this is where big men roll. The men you are following, oh God, <laughs> they have another saying in Western Nigeria. 
They said the elder knows what he has eaten before he says this one will be okay. <laughs> you know, you serve a man food, small amount. He said, no, that will be not. He said he knows what he ate before he came. You two are joining him, say that will be all right. Hey, I'm going go with this. The Lord is good. What am I going to say? You don't use force to lift yourself to a level. Are you getting my point? You let God lift you by himself. You don't lift yourself. And how do you know God is lifting you? He said the kingdom of God is like a seed that a man sows into the ground. Um, Amplify says, day by day he goes to sleep and he wakes up. He goes to sleep and he wakes up. He said the earth by itself produces. He himself does not know how. He said... The earth produces like this. First the blade, then the air, then the full grain in the air. He now said, when the crop permits, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. I like that expression. He said, when the, that's King James now, when the crop permits. That's from Mark chapter 4. He said, when the crop permits, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. What I like about it is that we say, when the crop permits, and this is my best illustration, try and pluck a mango from the tree when the mango is not yet ripe. When the mango is not yet ready, it's hard for it to come down. But a time comes in which the rain will just threaten and breeze will blow, and you just wait to start dropping. When things start working with little effort on your part, you know the crop is permitting. That's it. When there's so much struggle going on with it, you have not yet fulfilled the assignment of this season. Leave that season alone. I tell people those days, as a young man, they say, ah, you don't have a car. I say, I can't, I can't, even if you dash it to me, I can't maintain it. I said, but one thing I like is I could hire all the bus drivers in Lagos to drive me. It was very easy. How do you do that? Just go to the bus stop. Would you like where you enter? If you breeze down the road, you come down, call another bus. Another driver at your service. Just to paint them small, small. It's, it's, it's perspective. It depends how you look at yourself. I see that I'm a blessed man. They're all serving me. Some will say, look at the way I'm suffering. My maids are inside Lamborghini. The guy is suffering. I don't look at it like that. Too. I look at it like, see, I don't have to wash the car. When they say there's first scarcity, you add small money and pay you. After all, if I had the driver, would I, wouldn't I pay him? The money I'll pay the driver, I'll be paying all the drivers in town. Take your portion, take your portion, drive me from here to here. It's a level. It's perspective. And that scripture I love. He said, you will live in houses you did not build. Yes, I know what he was saying, literally. That the house become your own, it was not your labor. However, there's another part to it. My landlord builds a house, and I live in it. Is that not the fulfillment of the word of God? <laughs> he said, but you pay rent. Yes, it's called appreciation. Don't you appreciate your man of God? <laughs> the man is blessing you. Do you know how much it costs to... Look, where I live in town. Go and price land there. I'm not exaggerating. I just, at the beginning of the year, I just blessed him. I said, sir, you have been a blessing. I brought this in appreciation. You can call it rent. That's your problem. <laughs> but he's happy. I am happy. Everybody's happy. My children are happy. My wife is happy. And there is peace in the neighborhood. What are you looking for? And God forbid that it, every blessing has its own problems. One of my friends, he lives in the U.S., one day he came to, I think it was in Nigeria, we were talking. So one day he was talking, to, his father was at home that time. He was talking on the phone. That his father called him that the air conditioning in the house wasn't working. 
He said, this is the problem with owning the house. <laughs> he said, if it was those days that he was a tenant, I will call my landlord. Are you getting my point? I know the way U.S. is, central AC everywhere. The, and this, he lives in Texas, and it's quite hot. That place was really, really hot that season. Humid also. So the AC must work. So he was on the phone trying to get, make sure that the AC is working. He told me, he said, look, Banky, when I was a tenant, this was not a problem. I will call my landlord. You'll be the one running up and down looking for AC technician. He said, but now I've moved to my own house. Now AC is not working. I have to be the one looking for technician. God forbid, it won't happen to my landlord in Jesus' name. But if breeze comes and removes the roof, you know what? I'll just pack. <laughs> where if the house is my own? Where are you going to? Where man's treasure is? <laughs> there will his carpenter come. <laughs> his money, everything will come there. There's a blessing every season in life. I told my wife the other day, I was looking for what to wear. I said, baby, there's a problem with having too many clothes. It's a problem. If you had one black suit and one uh, navy blue one, you can easily choose. Not that the navy blue one, not the black one. But when you have turquoise, beige, you know, mauve, and you know, those female colors, now say, no, you wore this one last week. Last time I went, I wore this one. Then you're not trying to remember. <laughs> if I tell you this, you're going to laugh. Actually, I have to, I have, because of camera, I have to write down what I wore to preach. It's terrible. Before they start watching at home, say, this man, why is he always playing? <laughs> what am I trying to say? There's a blessing in every phase of life. You just have to learn how to appreciate it. There's a blessing. There's no phase of life you are in that there's no blessing inside. And the one you are looking to, that let me jump into that one. If you are not ready for it, you will now know that glory has weight. Some of these cars you are admiring, go and buy the tire. Just go and buy the tire. Some of these you are just now looking at admiring. Okay. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> Look, there is every phase of life has problems. One of my guys the other day, you know, I used to like, like Mercedes Benz cars and all of that. Then, my guy, his son brought him, bought him a brand new one, G something. He packed it at home and traveled. Went to work in the Middle East. He came back, tried to start the car. The car didn't start. He called his mechanic. That one came all the way from Manager. Looked at the car. Let's make a long story short. For that car to start again, 300,000 naira. Because one Lassa fevered by a rat. <laughs> Chop wire. <laughs> they say it's one kind of suspension. Once the thing doesn't inflate and the car gets up, the car no go start. They had to remove that whole suspension. By the time they were done, the man shelled out three hundred thousand naira. He said, "But the car is very nice when it moves. Okay, they move. I'm not following you." How <laughs> looking at what? Nothing. This this car was brand new. A few rats now came and said, let us make our boat inside the... Oh, God. You know, God has a way of leveling everybody. He said, the lizard is in king's palaces. No matter how good your house is, lizard go there. What gecko must be? So, the rat entered his car. By the time they were done, 300k. 
300k. Listen, let me just tell you, that's one problem you don't have. Say amen. amen. <laughs> it's a problem you don't have. 